Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I'm Justin Grant. And today we are doing a quick wrap-up episode with Steve Hedlund, who's the communications manager and the events manager here at GSA. He obviously has a huge part in putting together these goal conferences, and he sat down with us to talk about what made 2022's goal conference in Seattle great. You know, some of the standout moments and some of the some of the memories that you, Justin, and Steve have from it. And then we talk. All, we also talk about next year's goal, 2023, which is happening in Canada. So it's it's a nice episode where we get to reminisce a little and kind of dream about the future and get really excited about these goal conferences and everything. And uh, so if you weren't able to go to the goal conference like I was, I think you're going to enjoy getting this little quick little recap. Combine this with the content recap episodes we got from Maddie and Elise, and I think you'll have a really good idea of kind of what it was like at this conference this year. So before we get into it, I want to remind everybody, like I always do, to please remember to subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen. That way, every time a new episode comes out, it'll automatically be downloaded onto your device. Follow us on Twitter at AquademiaPod. If you want to contact us for any reason, do you want to be a sponsor? Do you want to be a guest? Do you have topic suggestions? Fill out our online form located at globalseafood.org slash podcast. And of course, remember to leave us a rating and review if you have not done that yet, wherever you listen. It really helps us out and we appreciate everybody that has already done that. Enjoy this episode and we will talk to you at the end. Welcome to the Aquademia podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. So today we are again sitting down with Steve Hedlund, who's the communications manager and event planner, event coordinator, event planner. What is... Uh, yeah, events manager. Events manager here at GSA. And I wasn't able to go to goal 2022 in Seattle. And so I feel like I missed out. So we're going to talk about what I missed and what happened and what, what made last week really special. But how's it before we get into it? How's it going, guys? You caught up on sleep and you feeling okay? <laughs> Pretty much. What about you, Justin? I feel like I... Like, I feel like maybe Monday, this coming Monday. No, I uh, I'm like eighty percent back. Okay, but I I returned, took my kids to a agricultural fair, which they stayed up really late, and then we went to the Great Wolf Lodge, and oh. just went to a water park for two <laughs> yeah, days. For anyone so who doesn't I, know what Great Wolf Lodge is, it's a hotel for kids made for families with kids with an indoor water That's park. Quite a weekend. It. Yeah. So. That yeah, would have been you didn't get to rest. Tired. I would have been tired just from those two things, not on top of the uh, West Coast to East Coast travel and and goal. But yeah, I was, I'm get I'm getting there for I'm sure. There. But Steve, you feeling good about goal 2022, huh? Yeah. So yeah, it went well. I was here holding down the fort with a, a skeleton crew here at the office, and um, when everyone started coming back, all we kept hearing was that this was one of the best goals that we've hosted in recent years, and people were really really super stoked on it. But obviously, like I said, I wasn't there. So I want to know what made it so special. So Steve, what made it, what, from your eyes, what uh, made this goal stand out this year? Well, just the fact that it had been three years since the last in-person goal, um, I thought our our audience just was just, everyone was just so pleased to to be back together again. Not that they weren't participating in uh, trade shows and conferences in the spring, but to be back at goal with our core audience was was uh, was rewarding. I feel not just for us as the event organizer, but but for our attendees. 
our guests. Do you feel like a lot of people that don't don't normally go were able to come this year, or did it feel like less people were able to come because we're still they're still tightening up travel budgets? Or yeah, I think more of the challenge was conflicts with other events. Really. So everyone's were, trying to get their yeah, events were, in now that they haven't. They, they finally exactly. Do it again. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, just for us to secure dates in Seattle was in October was uh, difficult. So just all the cancellations from 2020 and 2021, just a lot happening in the fall of 2022. And just so just, you know, conflicts. And uh, I, I know there were people out there that wish they could have come but we're unable to come because of other obligations. Yeah. So what were some of the the big moments that you that stand out to you from last week? Justin, you 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 were there too. So you chime in too. Justin was kind of in the AV booth a lot. Yeah, so he I was, was, I was of, secluded from the from the crowd for for most of the Yeah. You were you were, you know, helping the, the, event, the technical team keep everything keep running the smoothly, moving, right? Yeah. But <laughs> uh but you were there and so you you had all the experiences. So I just want to know like what to both of you guys, what are some of the standout moments that people should be excited about? Yeah, I know. Well, it, it's funny because, and, and I wrote about this in, in my uh, weekly email this morning, uh, sometimes it's scripted and sometimes it's unscripted. Mm-hmm. We had a great group of keynote speakers to kick off day one, including uh, uh, Seattle's mayor, uh, Bruce Harrell. And they all just, they all spoke about something different. Um but it was relatable to everyone in the audience. And it wasn't necessarily seafood specific. Even Bob Donegan, the longtime president of Ivers Seafood Restaurants, uh, which is an iconic uh, chain in, in, in Washington state, seafood related, but just spoke a lot about uh, employee retention and customer service that really would have applied to any business. Any company in any industry. Exactly. And I thought that set the tone for the rest of the conference. They were all excellent, excellent speakers. Um, Because then we got into a lot of production data uh, for both aquaculture and wild capture fisheries. Um, All very, very valuable information. Yeah, the people love that. Right. But then it's a bit dry. So you get that necessary and then the analysis of that. um, And I thought that that was a great way to kind of wrap up uh, uh, day one. There were also a lot of inspiring uh, moments, particularly with the two Lifetime Achievement Awards. John Connolly, uh, president of the National Fisheries Institute, is wrapping up 20 years of, of service there, uh, retiring uh, toward the end of the year. And, and our very own president and founder, George Chamberlain, who's had quite a career in, in aquaculture, particularly shrimp farming, and they got up to the podium, you know, without a script and just spoke from the heart. And you could hear a pin drop in the room. Really? People were just um, just, just taking in what they were saying. And you could kind of feel their love for the industry in, in the ballroom at the Fairmont Olympic Hotel. It was really, I thought it was a really touching moment. Usually, anytime we award... Uh, you know, a lifetime achievement award that people really get up there and speak to the heart. But just these two in particular of the 10 years that I've, I've done goal really, really stood out in my mind. And, and the same could be said for the following day. Uh, we had three award ceremonies, two for our innovation awards, one mm-hmm. aquaculture, one wild capture fisheries, mm-hmm. and one for one of our sponsors, uh, F3 challenge. And, uh, and no one know who the, who the uh, winner was going to be. So just that enthusiasm that those people brought to the stage 
I thought made for a sort of a, you know, kind of a heartfelt, touching conference in a lot of ways. You want to give a shout out to the winners? Yeah, yeah. Particularly uh, our own competitions. Uh, John Feltz of, uh, of Cruise Foam was the winner of our inaugural, inaugural Global Fisheries Innovation Award. Super cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Uh, C.R. Sabashini uh, was the winner of our 10th Annual Global Aquaculture Innovation Award. Awesome. Well, it's likely that we'll have at least one of them on the show in the future to talk about their innovations and, and everything. But um, even the runner runner up, the the two runner up. Runners up. Runners up. <laughs> the two runners up uh, had some really interesting technologies and, and great things that they were doing. So I would hope maybe we can get some of them oh, on yeah. as well. Any of them, for sure. Did you do the an opening ceremony this year as well with like, you know, we've t- we talked about this before as we were kind of leading up to it. Um, every time we do a goal, it's in a different place and it's a different culture. And, and you usually kick off goal with kind of a celebration of that culture in an opening ceremony. Did you do that this year too? Uh, no, we didn't do that this year. Mm-hmm. We didn't do that this year. Um, we, it was a bit bit toned down yeah. from previous years. Also, there was no gala reception and dinner on, on day two. It just kind of d- made the conscious decision to give um, give our our guests more time to interact mm-hmm. uh, a one-on-one. Yeah, well, uh, no one's versus, got a chance to, to do that in two plus years, right? Exactly, exactly. And I think people appreciated that, actually. I know the gala dinner is really nice and some of the things that maybe we didn't do this year, which we've done in years past. I think some of the feedback that I've read was people were really excited to be able to network. That word networking or network was just thrown around all the time. People were just so excited. And that was one of my takeaways, despite being extremely busy and really focused on making sure the show runs really smoothly. (laughs) You were pretty stressed. (laughs) I I talked to Justin a couple of times while he was over there and he seemed like he was under some serious stress. During that, it's but. short, right? So it's you ma- you maximize every hour you got yeah. to, to pull something off in a short amount of time, and I think everyone did a great job pulling that off. Um, but the the few interactions that I was able to have with a lot of our attendees really was just you could see and hear like the excitement and people seeing each other for the first time in several years that are always part of this you know goal community almost, and it was just really exciting to see things take place. Um, and we did some new things as well. So I know Steve was mentioning a few of the things that have in the past have been norms of, of goal. I think from finer details of like our name badges, those were really creative. We used QR codes for people to access this new, um, um, we're calling it a, a conference app, but it really is an app. It's like web-based, but it connects, that QR code connects directly to live polling, the scheduling, just really innovative, cool things that other people who have attended other conferences may have seen something similar. But we implemented something like that this year that went really well. Oh, and then we, I don't know if we want to talk about our Connect thing that we did later. Yeah, uh, two I want to hear about that. And it was called the, was it GSA Connect? Correct. Yeah. So I wasn't, I didn't help with that planning, but what I've heard is that that was also really, really successful this year. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little, Steve? Okay. Uh, yes, it's uh, we've never done anything quite like this before. It was a uh, sort of a matchmaking exercise. Seafood speed dating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's it's a closely knit industry. A lot of people know each other, but 
to formalize it in such a manner where you're scheduling time for buyers and sellers to meet and giving uh, sellers the opportunity to, to kind of give a pitch um, instead of trying to do that at a reception or after the plenary or a breakout. It, it, it was just, I, I thought it made it, I thought it made it a lot easier for, for both sides. And, and they seem to really appreciate that time uh, that more formal time that we had set up for him. And I, I, I think we're going to stick with it and try it again next year. So Awesome. Well, yeah, it seemed like people really enjoyed that from what I've heard. And then field trips. Is this the most field trips we've ever done? No, we, we usually do around three or four. Oh, but yeah? Yeah, hmm. yeah. It seemed the, like a lot this year. I don't know why. It, it was the, a different vibe. I mean, we... It just, was a different vibe. They were just very successful. Not that previous field trips weren't successful by any means. I just the feel, the, just the general feel of people being together, and then that carried over to the field trips somehow. And when people would return, it was just excitement and, and joy. And we had people that were taking videos and pictures that we were able to share. And it was just this whole like even if you weren't able to attend the field trip, you got a a, a, a taste tiny of, taste of yeah. of, of, of what you missed out on. And it was really, really cool to see. That is pretty cool. So is there anything else that stands out to you guys that you want to talk about from last week? I ate a lot of salmon <laughs> <laughs> and it was really tasty. That stood out. Yeah. The That's food, on food, a personal note. The food was good. <laughs> the food was good. Yes. Yeah. yeah I just uh, really, and it didn't really strike me until I was there. It's just, this is really the first time yeah. at an in-person goal where we're, uh, talking about wild capture fisheries mm -hmm. and everything that we did, whether it was the program or the field trips or uh, whatever, it, we you know we were really and for our for our aquaculture based audience, a lot of that was kind of new new to them, just as it's new to us. Yeah, so we've it been felt learning different because of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we've been learning a lot as we do because we we've, we've said from the beginning that we are here to talk about both wild caught and fisheries, right? But, uh, Wildcat and aquaculture, but obviously we've been in that aquaculture world with everyone else here at GSA for so long. We're we're still learn. It's new. We learn new stuff every time we talk about wildcat fisheries. So it's it's exciting that a lot of the audience that is from the aquaculture side gets to now learn about that stuff. It's pretty cool. Right. Right. What made it different doing it here in the U.S. versus? I mean, we haven't had one in the U.S. in how many years? Since two thousand nine. Yeah. So yeah, long time. Seattle. Yeah. Back yeah. in Seattle. So what was different about doing it in the U.S. here? Was it easier? Was it more difficult? Is it harder for people to get to? Well, I think logistically and the ease of communication, there were things that were easier about, yeah. you know, especially with planning in five and a half months that made it much more doable. That would have been difficult um, halfway around the world. To just Right. Yeah. So let's catch up our listeners in case anyone hasn't been following kind of the saga of goal over the last few years. The original plan was to do this next in-person goal in Tokyo. Can you kind of explain what the plan was and then how it became what it ended up being? Yes. Yeah, so um, after uh, Chennai, India in 2019, we had planned on, on Tokyo in, um, in 2020. But it just, um, with, with, with travel restrictions due the, to the pandemic, it, we had to delay and then delay again. And, uh, and then finally, unfortunately, had to uh, bail on Tokyo in the spring of 2022. Uh, just it was just too much risk yeah. um, involved. We it just the uncertainty of knowing whether or not 
not just people whether or not they'd be able to get in and out of the country, but how difficult it was to get there and back um, right. with, um, you know, you, you could potentially get stuck in any, any country um, mm -hmm. if, uh, if you had COVID and, and then the visa process and every, every country is, is different and, and, uh, and perhaps more restrictive than it had been in previous years. So just ease of travel. I mean, I feel like we're asking a lot of our audience um, for them to take basically taking a week out of their out of their uh, lives yeah, to, is. to be with us. It's a lot of time. It's three days, but we're always right. we travel. You're gone for the whole yeah. week, and you have to make it easy. You have to make it easy, yeah. and I think that's what we really tried to. Seattle was easier for some of our audience to access, and mm -hmm. though we had a lot of people from different countries, um, India, UK, etc. But we, and and Justin was alluding to it earlier. It's it just we just wanted to make things really easy for people. Um, and I felt like we accomplished that this year. So, um, that we made a conscious effort to do that. So I feel like this is an opportunity for me just to have a shout out to my Seattle Mariners because I was able to go to Seattle <laughs> and watch. Yeah. Did you guys do anything else fun outside of the conference, you know, in the evenings or days well, before, before or several days before the conference started, I was able to go to a Mariners game. One of the, it was actually a game that they clinched on a, via a walk-off home run, their first playoff berth in 21 years. And so, <laughs> since I have the platform, th thanks for having me, Sean. <laughs> I know. It does. I have to give a shout out to my Mariners and all the Mariners fans that are listening to this episode. I'm sure they're clapping right now. We're currently in a series with the Astros, so we won the first. There's uh, literally ones of you. <laughs> there's a lot of us now. Some ba bandwagon fans, but that's okay. We'll, there's we'll literally tens of you. <laughs> It does kind of feel like you're you're like a guest on the show today. I feel like a, you you haven't gotten a lot of chances to co-host with me. I miss you, man. Yeah. So when we have guests on, we say, "Is there anything else that you want to mention?" And sometimes they go off script or off topic, and that's what I just did. So nice. What about you, Steve? <laughs> did you do anything fun outside of the conference? When yeah, you were well, we there? had a lot of nice meals. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had sure the staff did. get together at uh, Acres of Clams, which is owned by Ivers down on the Seattle waterfront. And, uh, Bob Donegan, who I mentioned earlier, came down and told some very interesting stories. Mm -hmm. He's a great guy, very hospitable. So we had a good time there. Um, and then, then we were in the thick of it with the event, but then on, uh, on, on Thursday, on the last day we, we went out to Justin, you missed it, but we had a really nice dinner at uh, what's the name of the restaurant? It's uh, at the Edgewater Hotel, which is an iconic hotel on the mm. on the waterfront and um, on the edge of the water. On the edge of the water, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's where all the rock and roll bands in the '60s and '70s would stay when they oh. played in Seattle because they would fish. You you're right over the water, and there's a deck, and you can fish off of your deck. Oh, cool. So there's that. There are all these stories. Um, oh, that's fun. Is that uh, still active? Like, can people still do that? Or is that just... I don't know. I, I'm i guessing that it, they've toned it down a bit because of what I've read. <laughs> There's been some <laughs> oh, yeah. naughty behavior there over the years. But um, it's it's a really nice hotel. Um, and I, I don't know. That's a good question because I would be interested in doing that. Yeah. <laughs> we actually looked at that as the hotel for goal because there's a small convention center mm -hmm. right next door. Yeah. Uh, but then they said you couldn't fish from your room and you were like, I'm out. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I think a lot of our guests would have loved that. So um, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, probably not. 
I read, I read, um, I read, I read a lot of books about rock and roll. It's kind of a hobby. And I read one recently about Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne caught a shark there <laughs> and thought he could keep it alive. Like a, by, like a dogfish? Yeah. Like a, I think it was like tub. a mud shark or yeah. I don't know what species of shark it was, but, or a sand shark. I don't know. But he filled his bathtub with water and put the shark in there thinking it would live. Like he filled and it with uh, like tub just, water just, or did he put right, it with at least fresh water? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then they were gone Aussie. and then they came back and the hotel, it was just putrid because the shark had been <laughs> oh, man. like, oh boy, those types of stories. <laughs> oh, so man. Um, I thought it would be interesting to kind of celebrate there on our last night. And the food was it was really, really good. I was impressed. I had black cod, mm. um, which we don't normally get out here. Yeah, it's a Pacific species. Um, we had halibut. Justin mentioned salmon. It's just a whole other slew of species that you get out there that just aren't as aren't as common here. Cool. And if they are here, you may pay thirty dollars a right. pound for it. So yeah, cool. Yeah, that's why I don't eat halibut that much. But I ate it for the staff dinner. Every once in a while, you got you got to do it. You know, <laughs> just for the halibut. That's a bad joke. Uh, okay, so let's talk about next year then. Yeah, so next year, actually, the next two years are. Uh, That's are, right. We we had a uh, an episode where we talked about 2024 mm-hmm, in mm-hmm, Scotland, mm-hmm. but we haven't talked about right. next year much. So right. So next year is in St. John, uh, New Brunswick, in uh, October. Dates and venue to be determined later this year, but um, uh, we're looking at we're looking at uh, mid October right now. So um, yeah, it's our first time in uh in atlantic canada uh we were in uh, uh vancouver british columbia in 2015 um and we're my just first year here yeah i didn't go but it was my first year at yeah, USA. That, that was a good one too vancouver is a beautiful city um and it was at the four seasons it was a beautiful po- property nice uh th- this year you know and and th- what's special about this year is just our our hosts have been been so gracious uh, so far, and they've just embraced our our, our presence there, particularly the, the Atlantic Canada Fish Farmers Association and mm-hmm. Cook Aquaculture. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, they're really going to help us make next year's event special. And we're planning a lot. You know, there, there's always a program, uh, whether it's two days or three days. Um, but we're also we're really planning on focusing on making the event as interactive as possible next year. Um, Particularly with, you know, we talked about connect earlier and bringing that back and the field trips and -hmm. just getting out to see what the province has to offer. Um, I was, uh, I was actually just talking to someone about this yesterday. It, it's the type of almost like new England. It's the type of place where you have small scale aquaculture and wild capture fisheries and large scale and then just the diversity of, of species. There's a lot for a small, relatively small place. There's a lot of aquaculture and wild capture fisheries happening there. And from uh, salmon farming to oyster farming to lobster fishing, I mean, there's, we, I think we could easily set up, um, perhaps this is too ambitious, but maybe a dozen tours over two days where uh, a guest can attend two to three field trips. And uh, I think they would really appreciate the opportunity to, you know, just for us to coordinate and make it easy for them to get out there 
and visit these places, these yeah. farms and fisheries, because um, we don't always have the luxury of doing that. We might be in a major city where you're kind of in an urban area, and to get out to the rural area where there is aquaculture may take hours. Right, yeah, yeah. Or just lots of logistics. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas here, we're within an hour or two, three at the most of a lot of production. And I think our guests are really going to appreciate that. And we just, we, again, we want to make it really easy for them to um, uh, to enjoy their time in St. John, uh, but then also get out as much as possible. Yeah, and you've been up there a few times already, right? Yeah, I was up there in July, yeah. um, just citing hotels and uh, meeting with the folks up there. Had an opportunity to tour Cook Aquaculture's uh, salmon processing plan in St. George, and I hadn't been there in seven years. So it was great to see how much it had grown and how much um, how much product is moving through there. Uh, it's a very nice operation, and um, yeah, and I'd been up there a couple times before, but it was just it was just good to um, uh, to be back up there. And it's not very far from home, so yeah, it's like it, what five and a half hour drive from Portsmouth. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we'll have a lot of opportunities to go up there and twelve months to plan and just get things set up. And I think. Um, these events tend to just go go as well as, as it's it's all planning it's yep. all planning and time you're always fighting the clock right. and we have that luxury next year whereas we didn't quite have that this year um so it it's it, it's going to be what we make of it yeah i was going to ask is this have you ever had this much time to plan no we have we have mm-hmm. but i think the difference is when it's closer to home, we're going to be able to make more trips there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're on the, not on the same time zone, but basically almost on the same, Pretty same close, time yeah. zone. Yeah, one hour difference. Yeah. So it's just, there's there's more ease of communication. And, um, you know, we, we it's, that region has embraced us, um, and particularly with best aquaculture practices certification. And it's, you know, there's, um, it it's that that's going to ma- make it easier to plan so and steve already said this but there's a lot of excitement for that area we're going to be welcomed and we're excited to be up there and i'm looking for, i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to hopefully participating a little bit in some of the the planning and design of what goals going to look like next year and given how much time we have i think there's going to be a lot of Really cool things that went well in Seattle that will carry over, but a lot of new things as well. So I, I'm looking forward to it. And Steve, sponsorship is open, right? If anyone's interested in sponsoring next year's event. Yes. Or 2024. Yes. yes. Right? Yes. Um, and how would they, if anyone is interested in that, how would they, who would they contact? You? Yeah, Jim? contact myself or or Jim Bachelor yeah. Or us I, on the podcast and we'll, yeah. we'll direct you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're, we're still getting a bit organized for next year, but always willing to engage in conversations about sponsorship and program development. Yeah. Do you have like a speaker speaker application process or is it usually you guys kind of reach out to people you have in mind? How's that process work? um, Yeah. There's no, it's not formal. It's, I always say it's like curated, right? So we work with subject matter experts internally who we call, we have Within the program, there are sessions, maybe five or so sessions, and there's a chair for each session. And we, I, kind, I personally work with that person to do outreach. We kind of look for specific people, but we're always open 
to ideas. Mm-hmm. So there's no one we won't talk to. It's just a matter of whether or not it's a it's a fit for what we're talking about that particular year. So, um, but I had dozens of conversations about people who are interested in presenting and always willing to talk to them about trying to find a fit. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, and there's always next year. And we have a magazine and we have a podcast and we have all these other communication vehicles mm-hmm. too. So mm-hmm. I personally, I never want to say no to a conversation like that because it could turn into, I mean, we're, we're, we're all storytellers here and we're trying to help. We have vehicles to help people get the word out. And ultimately that's what we're trying to do with our association activities. And so if, if you're not a fit for the event, then you may be a fit for the magazine or the podcast. So right. yeah. Well, I appreciate when you send oh, people my <laughs> way. <laughs> Yeah, and you never know. Sometimes they find you first. Sometimes they find me first. Sometimes they find Jamie first. Yeah. It's just what we do is a door. Is kind of a door into our world of of connecting like minded individuals and organizations. So, and that's part of what makes goals so special. When we're jumping around from country to country, you you always end up with people, new people to yeah. your audience who, because of proximity, they're able to attend. They can finally go. Yeah. Yeah, and then that just gets them interested in our in our other activities, whether it's our association work or certification programs. And that's such a big part of why it's so special because um, we're not in the same place year after year after year. Mm -hmm. We're we're in a new place with new people. There's our core audience, but there's always 25% or so who are new to goal. We had that this year. We had, I was proud. It wasn't even really planned, but two thirds of the speakers at goal in Seattle, it was the first time speaking at any goal. Oh, wow. And I don't know what the numbers were because with our guests. We, that, but that's good because we do have a lot of re- faces, returning yeah. people we year do. after year. We do. Um, and they which come is great. back. And, so, and a lot of them are by demand, right? Like, exactly. Because people enjoyed hearing them previously. But exactly. It is exactly. nice to get fresh faces. It is, right. Because if you do too much of that, then you know, for the guests, it's like, okay, what's really new? Even if they're presenting right. new information it's like okay well oh, it's nice to have fresh perspectives too on right. different things and exactly exactly so we really had that this year and hope to do that again next year that, that would be a, a personal goal of mine maybe 50 percent or more of uh speakers speaking at goal for the first time mm-hmm. cool what else is there anything else you guys want to get out there Justin got to see behind the scenes what it's like yeah to put walk on us, an event walk like us through that <laughs> I mean I think a lot of people that have come to goal like it feels like such a seamless process sometimes and, you know, they just go and they sit in, in the audience and they can consume all this information. But uh, what's going on behind the scenes? Well, I think if our objective really is that people aren't aware of what's going on behind the scenes, yeah, exactly. they are That's supposed the idea, to show right? up, yeah. get a lot of useful information and walk away and feel great and had a really good um, experience and we just want to be not even background noise we just want everything to happen but that takes a lot of work and that was a very big team from running the registration tables to dealing with sponsorship AV and multimedia and my role specifically was just run of show and working with we contracted out a local AV team I think through the hotel but I worked with them on what we expect the main stage to look like, how the flow should work and when to queue up certain things. And I was more of a director up there than anything else. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of work and it's really rewarding when things go off really smoothly, which, which they did. And because this was my first time in that specific role, I think there were a lot of takeaways 
that will prepare me for even a smoother experience next year. Very cool. I would like to do a shout out for everyone that was involved in the planning. Any of our listeners that work for GSA, our contractors, anyone that had a part, every, everything just worked like a like a cog system and just everyone knew was on the same page and it just went really, really smoothly and, and it was impressive to see. Yeah, it's there's a there's a lot of moving parts mm-hmm. as Justin explained. And uh, but if we had a team of people and if you just take ownership of your part, yep, things tend to go well and that's and that's what happened. So and for some of us it you know it might have been first time working at, at an event like this. But everyone came together and got along so well. And that's really important. Having done events in this industry for almost 25 years now, you've seen the good mm-hmm. and you've seen the bad. And, and uh, this industry has a lot of events. It does. I feel like it does. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like it does. Um, I don't know if that's unique. Small. Yeah. I don't know if that's yeah. unique to the, to the seafood industry, but I feel I, like there's always an event going I, on. Yeah. Maybe not. I think it's just maybe because we're in our bubble and. Yeah. Yeah. Um, be. Yeah. I, but. I mean, every every industry has its its own stuff, but maybe we do. I, and I think that speaks to how dynamic and fragmented the industry is. Yeah. So we've got wild, we've got farmed, we've got all these species and production methods, all these countries consuming. There's <laughs> a conference for every bit product, of it, every yeah, section. Every, everything. Yeah. So, you know, and, it, and it's extra challenging for us because we're in a new place every year. But to see that all come together is, is very rewarding and couldn't have done it without everyone's help um, and people who really have other jobs here but mm-hmm. stop in October to help put this on and it was just really appreciative of that yeah well we'll send out a big thank you to all those people that helped with that and I wish that I could be there I heard from some people that uh, they were looking out for me and they were bummed I wasn't there and as was I so sorry if I if you missed me but uh, you know we'll reconnect next year, and uh, I'm really excited for the upcoming goals, the two that we have planned so far. It's going to be awesome. So we're super excited. So uh, Justin, you're here all the time, so I won't give you too much of a sign off. But Steve, thanks for joining us again. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We really appreciate it. So um, on to next year. On to next year. Folks, that was our conversation with Steve Headland from here at GSA all about Goal 2022 and Goal 2023. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're super excited about the upcoming Goal conferences. I know I am. I know, Justin, you probably are too. And uh, I hope that you will remember to subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen. So every time a new episode comes out, it'll automatically be downloaded onto your device. Follow us on Twitter at AquademiaPod. If you want to contact us for any reason, sponsorship, you want to be a guest, you have topic suggestions, reach us via our online forum located at globalseafood.org slash podcast. And on a final note, I just want to do a special shout out to all of our sponsors at Goal all of our speakers and presenters, as well as the behind the scenes folks that really pulled everything together and had Goal 2022 go off very successfully. And like I said in the beginning, if you haven't done so yet, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. It really helps us out. We appreciate everybody that does that. And if you like what we do here at GSA and you want to be more involved, you might want to consider becoming a member. All of the information about GSA membership is linked in our show notes. So make sure you go check that out and sign up. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time. Ciao. Bye.